Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, Tiger fans, to Rock M Nation's football podcast. I'm Nate Edwards. That's Brandon BK Kylie. This is Before the Box Score. You know, just a little... We're a podcast talking about football. Nothing's really happening. Oh, just a million billion things have happened since we last spoke to you. Mainly, mainly transfer portal related. Now, the good news is that your Missouri Tigers have been fairly quiet on the transfer portal, which is no news is good news standpoint. But the number of players that are out there looking to secure the bag is very enticing. And we know that this team in particular is going to need to replace some guys. So, very interesting. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about bowls. We'll talk about guys sitting out. It's surprisingly busy for being in the offseason, BK. How you doing, man? Yeah, they've decided that everything needs to happen in the month of December because, of course, when it's Christmas time, the holiday season, nothing more is on your mind than, you know, college football. So uh, that's where we're at. We got National Signing Day this month. We got the portal beginning this month. We got the bowl bids this month transfers this month everything is kind of crammed into this one month i think eventually they're going to have to change that but this is where we're at for now so i am doing well nate edwards i appreciate you yeah absolutely uh apologies for the audio of my voice this is going to be a weird one uh decided to gargle a bunch of razor blades for two hours just to see what it felt like felt bad um so yeah if i sound weird Yes, that is on purpose, and I am sorry. We are going to troop through it. Uh, so let's talk about those portal entrants. Again, we had a kind of a rush of portal d- departures once the season ended, once we got through Black Friday, through the weekend. That's really when we saw you know eight guys from Missouri enter the transfer portal, or at least declare to do so. And I think the collective Missouri hive mind was like, oh, God, we're already – seeing eight guys leave like what what's it going to be like when this thing officially opens so it opens up on monday that's the first official day of of players putting their name in the transfer portal and being officially available to go somewhere else and really the only thing you saw was dominic lovett who had already mentioned that he was going to portal out of here that was it that was the one that we heard yeah there was an official post on instagram and all that stuff so he's he's gone but that still leaves missouri with nine guys portaling out uh, Eli Drinkwitz, when he met with the media, said that the, the staff is anticipating 12 to 14 uh, Missouri current, current Missouri players transferring away. So you can look, reasonably look about 10, 12, maybe 14 transfers coming in. But also keep in mind, just because you didn't see the rush at the beginning doesn't mean it's not going to happen in the future. Missouri does have a bowl game they have to play on December 23rd. There's a good chance the players decide to hit the portal after that. We know of one name in particular who's looking to wait until after the game. I'm sure there's more that are that would be on the way there. So, BK, I think you said it. No news is good news when it comes to the portal. But how are you feeling so far as regards to portaling and, and in your favorite football team? Yeah, I mean, right now you feel good about it, right? Because Dom Lovett is the only one that's announced since we last talked. And we already knew that Dom Lovett was going to enter the transfer portal. And we didn't diminish it. That's a huge loss. And 
Um, they're going to have to try to find a way to replace him, and they probably go to the portal to do that in some way if they're not just going to do it in the aggregate, which feels more likely. But, I mean, you look at the running back position, I would imagine you're probably going to lose something there. Probably an offensive lineman or two. I would think there's probably another defensive lineman or two. We'll see what happens at cornerback. That's probably the spots where you still end up losing some more players, but right now you feel good about it. As you said, though, I think that a big part of why they wanted an earlier bowl game, and this will lead us into our next conversation, but is because of some of the transfers that could come. I think if they were going to play a later bowl game, they probably would have lost more guys earlier, but by playing earlier, they're able to keep some of those guys in the fold for now. Yeah. Again, there's not like, it's not that like the, the transfer season is very small. It goes until January, but it is in a player's best interest to get out there sooner rather than later so that the musical chairs, you know, when it stops, you're not left without one. So that is absolutely the truth. Really, frankly, BK, if this keeps up, and again, this is, I think this is going to be the most unprecedented. I think, I know you've said before, you think it's always going to be this way. I think this is going to be the biggest crush of transfers that we see. I think there are currently 667 players in the portal as of yesterday. That is like 300 more than it was last year. Uh, so I, I think this one in particular is going to be the biggest. I've, I've made my case why. But if it keeps at this sort of pace, and if you see this amount of guys leaving teams every single year, it kind of makes you think that the Bulls in particular, like these lower mid-tier bowls that aren't New Year's Six or, or playoff, kind of makes you feel like they're a little bit in danger since teams are going to hardly be able to field a team at some points to even compete in these games. I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to predict anything, but like, doesn't it kind of seem silly that we have these exhibition games at the end and teams are, don't even have their full rosters there to play? I mean, somewhat, but hasn't been this been the case for years? Like we, we've been talking about these lower level bowls and how unnecessary they are for a long time. And the reality is like, they're just a way to have a vacation and to get this stuff sponsored and to make money off of them. And we, it, it's a big money grab They're They're for the TV rights. It's like, it, it's all of these different things. It's, it's about being able to put stuff on television that that's where they make their money for these games. So do I think they're necessary? No. Will I judge Mizzou's season in any meaningful way based on how they perform in this bowl game when they're, we already know, going to be without a couple of defensive ends? No, I, I think it would be silly to do that. So it this is just where we are. And there's like 12, maybe 15 bowls that really matter. And that might even be on the strong side of things. Um, and once you get past that, like, that's kind of it, man. There's not a whole lot of these that the kids care about. And frankly, a lot of the fans don't really care about them at this point either. No. And, and for the record, yes, as long as you can make money off it, they're going to still happen. Like just yeah. flat out. Even if it's crappy football, it doesn't matter. People are going to tune in. Ads are going to be sold like it. That's what matters. So, yeah, I, I don't think they're going away. Obviously, the quality of the product is going to dip, but that's never been the point. So it's yeah, it, it's it's weird. And and to your point, you know, like you said, there's the players sitting out. It's it's part of it, too. And, and Missouri's got so far three guys who will be sitting out uh, of the bowl game. It's going to be uh, Martez Manuel, Isaiah McGuire and DJ Coleman. Now, McGuire and Coleman defensive ends. You're not super heavy on that position already. And now you're down two, and arguably your two best defensive ends. 
So the good news is that we get to see more of the Walker boys, Johnny Walker Jr. and Arden Walker. That's cool. The bad news is that your best players on defensive end are not going to be playing uh, in the bowl game. So great for them. I'm glad they're getting prepared. Obviously, it's great that they have the opportunity to go to the NFL. Yeah, Isaiah McGuire was an all-SEC player for a reason, and you don't get better by losing him. So how do you uh, how do you think this is going to affect uh, the defensive prep for Missouri going heading into the bowl game? I mean, it's not great, right? Like, <laughs> it, it's not what you'd want in an ideal scenario. But that being said, like, it's not ideal to not have those guys next year either. And so I think it is good to find out right now, hey, what do, what do the Walkers look like when they get extended playing time? Can they be real starters? Or are these guys that are best served as backups, maybe playing in bit roles, and you need to go out in the transfer portal and find two new starters at defensive end? So as they go into the offseason, I would think this is kind of for the defensive end position what last year was for Brady Cook at quarterback, where they finally get to see, okay, what does this look like against a even decent level opponent? And it's not like a great opponent that Mizzou's going up against, but it's kind of similar to what Missouri is this year. And that should be helpful to find out what these guys are. Yeah, I've always viewed any if you're in a bowl game and it's not New Year's six or something that's got a prestigious name next to it. Yeah, they'll figure out what you got. Play the young mm-hmm. guys. You got the 15 practices. Obviously, it's going to be more geared around seeing what your youth has. You play the youth. I don't, I mean, I've always been of that mind mindset anyway. So I know I'm not the best test case here, but it's a bowl game. I know there's a trophy attached to it. I know Eli Drinkwitz loves to win trophies, but yeah, I mean, this is this is forcing you to see what you have. Uh, with a staff that tends to not do that all that much. So I don't have a particular problem with it. Like you said, win or lose, I don't particularly care. I like it when my team wins, but God, bowl games just have so little weight for me. It doesn't matter. So I am. Can I, can I add one thing in here though? Love to hear one it. thing that I do think that the NCAA needs to do is they, the bowl game does count against the red shirt rules. Sure. And you have to like apply for an appeal to be able to get that waived. I don't think it should count. I think that you should have four games during the regular season for those red shirts. And then the bowl game is exempt. And that way, as you have these opt outs that seem to be coming more and more prevalent, like Mizzou is, is light at safety right now, uh, especially when it comes to their depth, because they've had a transfer on Jelani Williams. And then they had the opt out with Martez manual. It would be really nice to be able to see a little bit of Jim Marion Wayne in this game. Sure. But he would be, I, from what I understand, he would burn his red shirt if he were to oh, play. Oh, no. That doesn't affect anybody on this team. Uh, that That is what Drinkwitz said, though, based on his participation for what? this year. Jamarian Wayne's been in two games. I don't know. He, he seemed to, he indicated at his most recent press conference that they would have to appeal for Jamarian Wayne really? to get a restriction for this game. So whether you're right or not, either uh. way. I don't believe that this should count against guys like Jamarian Wayne in that specific situation. Yeah. I mean, for a long time, stats and bowl games didn't count, you know, uh, or at least towards NCAA records. So mm-hmm. we have moved rules around bowl games before. I don't particularly care one way or the other. I see your point when you have surprise sit outs, uh, it'd be nice to play more of your guys and not have to worry about I mean, that some sort of these thing. teams are going into this with like 60 players yeah. on their roster. The, the freshmen kind of need to play. Yeah. No. And it doesn't make sense to burn a red shirt. If you're like one of these coaches for that game. Yeah. No, I get that. Uh, 
yeah, I'm looking at the roster right now. And again, these are these are my numbers. I'm a person. I am fallible. I understand that. So is Eli Drinkwitz and his staff. But, you know, they are paid to keep track of it. And I'm just keeping track of it in a hobby. So with all that being said, the only players who would be in any sort of danger from my count is Isaac Thompson and Jamarian Wayne. I have Isaac down for one game and Jamarian down for two. Now, if that's not right, cool. Drinkwitz, you know more than me. That's fine. Um but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I kind of feel like the NCAA is uh, kind of lost its teeth. So maybe if you apply now, it's uh, uh, they're more willing to give it to you. I don't know, but we'll see. So uh, yeah, we've, we've been talking about uh, the bowl game. We'll get to the actual matchup here real quick, but we also had some roster development as far as adding guys to the roster specifically adding guys to the future roster and specifically Just a heads up according to their official numbers jamarian wayne has played in four games this year all right well that's what you think that's fine i'm wrong <laughs> uh so we've uh missouri added a safety marvin burks jr from st louis missouri a cardinal ritter four-star safety bk i'm not i don't want to I don't want to flaunt this or anything, but this seems like a really obvious flip, even from the second when he committed to Ole Miss. It seemed like everyone was very surprised that he did that, and mm-hmm. and the hometown team was still there. <laughs> so I am very glad that he did it. I am happy he is on the roster. I didn't think it made any sense for him to go to Ole Miss, and I am glad that currently he is committed to my team. What do you think of Mr. Burks so far? Yeah, so I got to go in, I, just full disclosure, I got to go in and watch the film. I'm doing that for the piece that I will be writing for RockHimNation.com. You can find all of my extended thoughts on what he is as a player there this week. Um, but as for what it means for the recruiting class in general, first of all, he's a safety. And as we just mentioned, Missouri is light at that position. Yep. So it is nice to add a talented piece from the St. Louis area that can come in. And even if he's not a significant contributor and you're one on the defensive side of things, Maybe he can play special teams right away and then eventually become more of a piece on the defensive side of things. But he's talked about how he wants to come in and potentially compete for a maybe not starting spot, but earn opportunities in year one. Um, And I know a lot of guys say that that actually feels like a spot where it's possible in some of the like paid games for Mizzou. So it's a big get for them. I would also add this. This is a quote-unquote down year for Mizzou when it comes to their recruiting under Eli Drinkwitz. They are now up to number 34 with his commitment in the overall team rankings. It's pretty darn good, man. They are currently ahead of the likes of NC State, Miss Ole Miss, uh, Virginia Tech, Kentucky. Like Their recruiting ranking for being a down year for Drink is in a very solid spot right now. And if you look at the overall average of the star rankings, it's actually even better than what their overall ranking is because they only have 16 kids in the class so far this year. Yeah, The ninth best player in Missouri, the 11th best safety in the country, and the 193rd ranked player in the country. Oh, my goodness. That's good. That is good. Now, he is built a lot like Martez Manuel was coming out of uh, high school. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's a option for the star position. I don't know. But, um, yeah, very interesting to see what he can do. That is one, two, three, four, the fifth four-star that Eli Drinkwitz has brought in. He's joining Logan Reichert, Brett Norfleet, Jabari Johnson, and Josh Manning. Yeah, I, I mean, 
it's not bad to get four star players on your team. Sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't, but you have a way better chance of them hitting when they have more stars next to their name. So I am all about it. Also, by the way, I don't know if you know this or not. Missouri's got a very good collection of safeties, or at least a very highly rated collection of safeties. Yeah. I mean, you're talking Joseph Charleston was a four star. Dalen Carnell was a four star. Isaac Thompson was a four star. Now you're adding Marvin Burks to it. Like, I don't know if you would argue that it's the most talented position. And Hibbler. Hibbler was oh. a high three star. And there you go. Uh, and I don't know if you would you can make the argument that it's the most talented position on the team, but you need to field three safeties in Blake Baker's four two five. And if you got a bunch of four stars to pick from, plus Jalen Carlisle, I feel I feel very good about that position. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, I would say it's probably just based on high school recruiting rankings the most talented. The only only other one that I would maybe think is is up there is. I mean, prior to the transfer, a wide receiver was probably in that category as well. Maybe defensive tackle would be be in the conversation for it. But the fact that we're even questioning this and talking about, hey, maybe there's another position that's in the same category as having a position that had like, what was it, four four stars on the roster right now? Mm -hmm. uh, That speaks to the level of talent that Eli Drinkwitz is, is bringing in. Now, the next step is for that talent to really break through. And for them to get opportunities on the field more often, because so far it's been a whole lot of stars without a whole lot of game. Yeah. And eventually that's got to be able to produce like that. That talent that you're bringing in has to show itself on the field more than just two, three, maybe four guys in an even class. Yeah. So welcome, Mr. Burks. Very excited to have you committed. Please sign on the dotted line when that time comes around in December. Speaking of things coming around in December, Missouri's got a bowl game, like we mentioned. There might have been a little hullabaloo that you might have heard about if you were anywhere in the Missouri Twitter sphere, internet sphere, if you live anywhere along I-70. Probably heard a rumor dropped by a Mr. Brett McMurphy who claimed that industry sources told him that Missouri did not want to play in the Liberty Bowl because they didn't want to play Kansas. They didn't want to play Kansas. A Kansas team that won one game in their last six games. A Kansas team that they scheduled to play in the next upcoming three years. You know, that Kansas. So there's a lot of hot takes and there's no ability to change anybody's mind. Whatever side you were on is the side you're on. And that's always going to be the way it is. That's how it's always been with Missouri, Kansas. And that's how it's always going to be. So I understand the unnecessariness of discussing this with a Missouri fan base podcast, but it would feel weird if we didn't talk about it. So we are. BK, what were your first thoughts when you heard that report drop with the specific verbiage used? So when I first heard it, I was like, really, we're, we're doing this like this is going to be the way that we're going about this. And then I. I heard from a few different people saying something to the effect of, hey, think about the portal for a second. Think about the timing of all of this. Think about when kids try to go home. Think about them getting back to Mizzou after going home for Christmas. It's like, all right, is that. Is that really the explanation here? Or is Mizzou like trying to do a thing where they're just explaining this away, trying to brush it under the rug, but they really didn't want to play Kansas for whatever reason, right? 
whether it's because they knew they were going to have a bunch of transfers and they didn't want to play this game without their best team when it's a no-win proposition, or because in 2025, they want this game to be fresh when the two teams are meeting on the field for the first time in more than a decade, whatever the explanation, are they ducking them? I... I think there might have been something to it. Like, did Mizzou want to play Kansas? Maybe not. Did Mizzou want to go to the Liberty Bowl in Memphis when they had other options to go to a warmer client, a climate? rather? Again, maybe not. I think the biggest factor, though, in this was the timing. I, I really do sincerely believe Missouri did not want to play a post-bowl post-Christmas. I don't think they wanted to have the kids go home for Christmas and then have to come back either to campus or go to like Memphis, for example, to be able to play in this bowl game. I think part of that is because a lot of the guys that are planning to transfer that are right now going to play in this game probably would not have in that scenario. Put yourself in those kids' shoes, Nate. Like imagine you're from Houston or Dallas or Chicago or... Indianapolis or North Carolina, all of which is where players have some of the players on the team come from at Mizzou. You go home for Christmas. It's December like 23rd through the 25th. You you get to go home. You're really going to come back to play in some meaningless game in Memphis where there's going to be like 25, 30,000 fans in the crowd. Again, it means nothing when you're planning to transfer to a different school a week later. You really going to go play in that? Does it make sense for you? Nope. Certainly doesn't. I think that that's the calculus they had in their mind as well. So I, I know nobody wants to hear it. They all want to be mad at Mizzou for trying to duck KU. But I think that's the the most prominent, the most important factor in this decision yeah. by Mizzou. It's just, it's so silly. And I guess Brett McMurphy really likes the box seats at uh, the fog and really wants to keep his relationship <laughs> with Bill self going strong because any amount of journalism would require you to check in with the other school and say, okay, what is your standpoint on this? And he did not do that. He dropped a little nugget to rile it up and mission accomplished, man. Like, there you go. You did it. But yeah, I mean, even to your point, the, Teams submit, let me rephrase, SEC teams submit their bowl preference to the SEC well before matchups are selected. And like Eli Drinkwitz said in his press conference, they didn't know who they were playing. They were figuring out which bowls that the SEC is going to put them in, which ones work best for the school, for the team, for the players. That's all they're thinking about right now. They had no idea who they were playing. So... No. Also keep in mind, there's a pretty significant basketball game that will be happening on the 28th, which is when the Liberty Bowl would be playing. And when you are the poor house in the rich neighborhood, yeah, you need to make as much money as you can. And having even, you know, 10,000 of your fans in Memphis when they could be, you know, at Mizzou Arena watching or playing against Kentucky. Yeah, that matters. That matters. Everything matters. It's a very perfect storm of just one off instances coming together to make this bowl against Kansas, not appealing for Missouri. And yeah, you know what? Maybe they are ducking him. So what? Like there's a lot of reasons why that wouldn't make sense. And I think the portal is a big one. You can't even field a roster. Don't doesn't Kansas want to play Missouri at full strength or maybe they don't. Maybe that is why they're getting all pissy about it. 
I think Josh Madica had a great point. Whereas, you know, Kansas had the best year in like the last 15 years and just couldn't help but get Missouri involved to take away the fact that they lost five of their last six games. Like you can't just be good on your own. You gotta drag us in the mud with you. I'm sorry. What can you not stand on your own? Can you not be your own football program? Can you not do things without us? You certainly have told us that you can do things without us for the past 11 years. Now we matter. Now you want to play us. Now we're the ones ducking you. Man, Levi, get ready for the beat because those mother. I hate those. I hate that. I hate the way that they are trying to spin this into some sort of holier than thou BS that they have been, you know, that they have been slain our way and now it's the absolute reverse and they're still the winners. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm done with it and I don't like bowls anyway. And now I'm just very excited to play them in the regular season with a full strength roster, mind you, uh, and see what it's actually like instead of some cock and Annie exhibition game in Memphis. Cause that's, it's going to matter more in 2025 than it's going to matter now. And you know, if they want to think that and have sour grapes, that's fine. But man, that, that, that just makes me mad. Yeah. I, I think it would have been really fun. Like, don't get me wrong. I I was in favor of playing KU in the Liberty Bowl. I I liked the uh, the concept of it. I I thought it made a lot of sense. I love Memphis. So I was very much interested in such a scenario. That being said, like I I get it. If Mizzou decided this is not in our best interest, it's like moving to the SEC. They decided moving to the SEC was in their best interest, and that's what they're supposed to look out for. They're not supposed to look out for the the betterment of college football or the betterment of the University of Kansas. They look out for themselves, and that's, I think, what happened here, and um, it certainly is what happened in 2012. Trying for 11 years to play those guys, and they've always said no, because can't can't happen, can't happen, can't happen. Give me a break. Anyway, Missouri's at the Gasparilla Bowl. It's not a great bowl. It's... It's not even an SEC affiliated bowl, if I'm if I'm correct. So you know, whatever doesn't really matter. Missouri has been bowl eligible every year since 2017. Doesn't necessarily mean they've gone to a bowl game every every year since 2017. But here we are. So we're playing against Wake Forest. Uh, you'll get more information on Wake Forest as we go through this week and next week. But um, yeah, uh, Tampa is okay. I think it's the chain restaurant capital of the country or something like that. Um, are you going to go? I'm assuming you're not going to go, right? No, 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 no. I, I don't go to these lower level bowls. Um, I might've gone to the, the Liberty bowl just cause it's an, it's a super easy game to get to yeah. from St. Louis. Um, but no, if it's further away, like I wouldn't have gone to Las Vegas, I'm not going yeah. to Tampa. Yeah. Um, I, I respect people that can and do, but yeah, that wouldn't have been something that would have been on my priority list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will get into that game in the weeks to come because we got plenty of time. As of now, we want to close out with some more portal activity. Specifically, let's talk about quarterbacks. We did not really talk about that at the beginning of the show, and for good reason. BK, we're in a very interesting situation here. Missouri loses Jack Abraham no matter what at the end of this season. They will. They have Brady Cook still on the roster. They have Sam Horn, as of now, still on the roster. Jabari Johnson is assumed to sign, and he's going to be on the roster, but probably not until the summer. So you've got three quarterbacks. And we know this staff likes to, quote-unquote, compete all the time at every single position. And they're going to try and always upgrade the talent at the position no matter what. And they have not had the best of luck with quarterbacks. 
So here we are. Drinkwitz jumped in the uh, the old private plane today and flew out to Arizona. And there is a a, a guy named Keenan Slovis who is from Arizona. I don't know if he's currently there. He might still be, I don't know, back on Pitt's campus where he was, you know, three days ago, but I don't know. So it seems like this staff is going to go shopping for a quarterback in the transfer portal once again, just like they did last year. And there's some interesting targets out there, but obviously the bigger the name, the more expensive it's going to be, the more interest they're going to have from various teams and so far, the names banding around are Keenan Slovis, the former Pitt quarter, quarterback, uh, late of USC. And then, of course, Devin Leary uh, from NC State, whom Eli Drinkwitz recruited to play at NC State, but did not get the chance because he left for App State. BK, these are not the only two quarterbacks that this staff is going to be looking at, but it's the two quarterbacks that we have had the most rumors around. What do you think of these guys and how do they compare to Brady Cook? Okay, so I need to first of all go back through and watch some of Keaton Slovis because I've 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 got mixed opinions on him. My opinion of what I had seen from him just from like casually watching random USC games over the last couple of years or casually seeing Pittsburgh games this year and by the way talking to some Pittsburgh fans, I I know a couple, they're not big fans <laughs> to say the least. That being said, I went into PFF's grading and I take all of their grades with a grain of salt. I think that's an important thing to do if you're a fan that uses PFF or anything. When you look at the grades, keep in mind, they are not infallible. They are indeed human. And sometimes they have a different belief in what they saw than what you would see from any given play. So when I saw their grades and they were like pretty good for the most part, I was a little surprised, to be honest with you. And most of those grades came from a couple of really good games that he had against Virginia Tech and Virginia in their better against their better opponents this year. He did not play particularly well, and they graded him as such. But I need to go back through and see what he looked like this year for myself. So if there ends up being more steam here, I will do exactly that. So Keaton Slovis. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Go ahead, and then we can get to Leary. After. I was going to say, Keenan Slovis started at USC. He got the start as a freshman in 2019. He was a, uh, played six games in 2020. He played nine games in 2021. His effectiveness as a quarterback went down every single year. Average net yardage per attempt combines your completions, attempts, touchdowns, interceptions, and sacks, and all the yardage associated with that and gives you a number that gives you an idea of what effectiveness when you drop back to pass. Adjusting net yards per, per attempt, 8.1 in 2019, 6.6 in 2020, 6.2 in 2021, 6.3 this year in 2022. What's the difference between 2019 and 2021? He had like three NFL receivers at USC, mm. and then they didn't replace them. Uh, he is not mobile. He averages like three yards per carry and only carries it like 14 to 20 times per year, not counting sacks. He is a statue that swings it around and he's, you know, when he's got NFL talent, he's great. And when he doesn't, he's okay. I don't know what that means for the Drinkwood system at Pitt. It was a very reeled back conservative offense, but I mean, you would have to see something that pops that's outside of stats to convince me that this is a good investment, especially when you have Brady Cook sitting right there, who's basically Keenan Slovis, except more mobile. 
That, that's the thing. And I think that for a lot of Mizzou fans, they just look at it and they say to themselves, like, hey, it's not Brady Cook and therefore it's better. That's not inherently the case, guys. Like, this is, it goes back to the conversation that we had a year ago with Connor Bazelak, where it's like, okay, could you do better than this? 100%, no doubt about it. And by the end, we basically just wanted somebody that could give you some mobility. And Brady Cook brought that. So you added that element to your offense. Do we really want to go back to a guy that, uh, honestly, the closest comp might be Connor Bazelak? Is that what you're looking for from Keaton Slovis? My answer would be no. I'm not particularly interested in that. While he may end up being a little bit more consistent on the throwing side of things than Brady Cook is, he also makes really bad decisions. The interception numbers have been consistently high from the first day that he started until where he is today. Mm-hmm. And the touchdown numbers have regressed significantly since he is no longer throwing to the likes of Drake London, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Michael Pittman Jr. All three, if you're an NFL fan, you're probably familiar with because they are currently number one wide receivers on their NFL team. So I'm not all that interested in him. It kind of reminds me of last year when we got into these conversations and it was like, could you be interested in JT Daniels? Sure. (laughs) Is JT Daniels like a good option? Not particularly, (laughs) but I I get why you could end up going that direction. That's pretty much how I feel about Slovis. And it's a little ironic that both of them were at USC at one point. I mean, if you wanted Connor Bazelak, he's in the transfer portal, too. Just uh, spoiler alert. I, I do not. Yeah, I don't either. Very much do not. No, thank you. Good luck, Connor. I hope you find something nice. So then we get to Devin Leary and Devin Leary is an intriguing prospect. He was highly rated coming out of high school. He was four star out of uh, Sittlerville, New Jersey. He also uh, got a start as a redshirt freshman. He played eight games uh, in 2019, injured in 2020. Uh, and then 2021, he had his breakout year. Uh, 65% completion uh, percentage, 3,433 yards, 35 touchdowns, five interceptions, 8.2 average net yards per attempt. Again, not a mobile guy, like hoofed it for 30 times for a hundred yards. Like that's not what you're really looking for. This is very much a statuesque prototypical, like 1990s quarterback, but he was really good in 2021. 2022, he only played in six games and was injured. If I remember correctly, BK tore his pec. Uh, Ouch. That sounds awful. Uh, But he was at a 61% completion rating, 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns to four interceptions. So, I mean, it's kind of tough to tell with just six games. But we can tell that NC State regressed on offense when he was gone, for whatever that's worth. So, I mean, he committed to Drinkwitz once. Do you think he's going to do it again? I wouldn't think so. A lot of the buzz seems to be pointing in the direction of Notre Dame. Yeah. And yeah. that that makes a lot of sense. If you're looking for like, okay, what happened? Why was he really good in 2021? And then this year, when he was playing at least, why, why was he so bad? At least part of it is pretty simple. And this is the case for a lot of quarterbacks, but particularly Leary. He was horrendous when he was under pressure this year, like just absolutely horrendous. He ended up having 45 dropbacks under pressure, according to pro football focus and threw for a combined 130 yards on those 45 dropbacks. Man, that's so what went wrong. He was under pressure a good amount. 
and he ended up doing nothing against it. The problem with a guy like this, if he ended up coming to Missouri, is that if we saw anything this year, it is that your offensive line is not great. Mm -hmm. And unless you go out and make some significant upgrades in the portal, you're probably going to be facing a decent amount of pressure. Leary has a bit of a fumbling problem. He does not react well to uh, the pressure that's coming in his face. And if that's going to be the guy that you add, I just, again, I think he's probably an upgrade over Brady Cook. But that mobility, not having it, I think is a real problem for Mizzou, given where they're at right now with their offensive line. I agree. I agree. So this would be one that I'm more interested in, though. Like, if you're telling me they have to add one of these two, I would definitely prefer Leary. Yeah, I mean, and there's a, there's a ton of guys out there. I I think there's an FCS guy that Eli Drinkwitz has been following on Twitter. Like, there's there's a list of quarterbacks that you could you can go find, and really, it's not going to matter. We're we're going to figure it out eventually. But like, I don't know. You got to figure out quarterback. And for all of the talent upgrading that this staff has done, it seems like quarterback has yet to be the position to see that same sort of lift. And given you think this, uh. Could we get like, you know, Caleb Williams? Would he be available this time? <laughs> I think that he's interested in totally. Missouri. You know, win the Heisman at USC, then come to Missouri. That's how they all do it. That's how I would do it. Okay. Glad we're on the same yeah. page. Do you have any interest in DJ Uyungle? No. Okay. No. Glad we're on the same page. Then. No. I Hudson Card? Uh, no. No. DJU needs to go out to the West Coast. He needs to take the Bo Nicks approach right the Bo Nix career path where you start in the south and get pummeled and then go out west where it's a little bit easier and throw for a billion yards and half a billion touchdowns and just feel better about yourself after playing on Heisman level you kick it down to vet and you know be awesome so I would I would suggest that for him Hudson Card man I just he never did anything for me he didn't pop I'm, I'm sure he can manage a game very well I'm sure you know, he's a competent quarterback, but that's another guy who I think is going to have a lot of offers and I don't mm-hmm. think it's really worth the investment. What do you think? Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think that I, I don't even see if there's like any sort of a real tie. And a lot of the times that's something that we, whether it be in the media or like fans in general, will look at a guy and they'll be like, oh, he's interesting, but th- there's got to be some kind of a tie. Yeah. Like, what, it, why is he coming to Mizzou specifically? Um, and I just, I don't think that that really exists for him. Um, it, I'm going to give, throw one more name at you. Hmm. Austin Reed from Western Kentucky. Okay. I'm interested because if you all don't. Previously committed to Southern Illinois. Right. So if you don't know, Western Kentucky has done this thing where they, where they import FCS offenses whole cloth into their team. Um, they did it last year with what's the kid's name? Crap. Threw for like a billion yards. He got a start in the NFL. Oh, this is good. Dr- Zappy? Zappy. Bailey Zappy. Bailey Zappy. Yes. Bailey Zappy was another one of these guys. Came up from Houston Baptist. Sorry, Houston Christian. My God. Um, and then Austin Reed was another one of those guys who did that. I okay. So just so you all know, Austin Reed threw the ball 546 times. 
<laughs> for 4,247 yards, 36 touchdowns to 10 interceptions, and eight adjusted net yards average. Okay, so like these are these are good numbers. Also, he plays in a ridiculous throw first, second, and third offense. Um he ran 87 times for almost 200 yards and eight touchdowns. My God, eight you touchdowns. Got some mobility, well, yeah. Uh, near the goal line, yeah. Um, look, I'm always curious in these sorts of guys. I always wonder about fit, though. You talked about, like, what's the connection, but also what's the fit. Like, you were probably – I mean, Western Kentucky got Bailey Zappi into the NFL, but you will probably be, probably be more noticed – at a place like Missouri. But again, Eli Drinkwitz is not going to let him throw it 546 times. So I'm intrigued. I just don't think he'd want to come here. What do you think? Uh, I'm super intrigued. Like out of all of the players that we've talked about, maybe the most intrigued by Austin. Wow. Um, now that being said, like he's, he's short. <laughs> he, yeah. he is a guy that has one year of playing at this level he did play last year against Auburn. We kind of know how Western Kentucky sometimes does their schedule. They'll schedule up. So he played some some quality or at least better opponents. He played against Indiana, had a really good game against them. Played against Auburn, did not fare particularly well against them. Um, so it, it, it would be a projection, to say the least. Yeah. But I, I, I'd be interested. I would definitely put in a call. Yeah. I mean... I don't know, bring him on campus. Have him throw it around to the guys. See what it's like. I don't know. Is Tony Musket the other kid that you that he's? Yeah, like that's the right other now? FCS guy. Um, I know nothing about Tony Musket other than he's got a sweet ass name, and he, Eli Drinkwitz is following him. Do you have any read on him? I have, I'm I googled him. He went to West Potomac. Whoops. That's what I got for you, man. That's what I got for you. All right. Um, oh no, he was at Monmouth. Yeah, Monmouth. He's from West Potomac High School. In Springfield, he Virginia. A... Yeah. Uh, That's all I got, man. That is literally the extent of my knowledge. Let's he threw see. for 5,687 yards in 50 touchdowns in 23 games at Monmouth. So uh, he's productive. <laughs> so he was only he only played eight games at Monmouth this year. Uh, 143 for 223. Almost 2,000 yards, 1,997, 17 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 203 yards rushing with one touchdown. Had a 323-yard performance against Fordham. Hmm. Well, I mean, sure. Why not? Again, just figure it out, guys. Like, I don't care who it is. My my, Here's my question, BK. Are they bringing in someone to start, or are they bringing someone in to compete? I don't know what that answer is. I'm not even sure if the staff completely knows what they want. It's going to be more about who they can get, who they can talk to, who's willing to give them the time of day. If you're getting a musket or a reed or whatever, like maybe that is just depth and, and, you know, uh, competition for the quarterback position, which is fine. But like, if you've got a big name, who's willing to talk to you, then yeah. Okay. Let's, let's talk about starter. You might lose Brady cook, but you better be right because, you know, who knows what the, the ripple effects of bringing someone like this in is. But if you're bringing up an FCS import or something like that, maybe, you know, Cook sticks around and you're there for the competition. I just, I don't know. And I'm not paid $6 million to figure this out. Uh, just We just talk about it on the radio. So 
I don't know, man. I'm I'm good for any of this. Do you have a preference or are you just like whatever just find me a good one? So I have a preference in that like there there are certain things that I think are kind of necessary given the offense that Missouri runs and given the talent that they currently play with. I think they need somebody with mobility. Yes. Like I yes. I, I don't think getting a statuesque player to just sit in the pocket and make des- designated reads I don't think that works in this offense, given what Missouri has available to it right now. I think you need a guy that can add an element to the offense with his legs. Like all of that stuff to me is really important. So the that's one of the main reasons why a guy like Slovis, who is both limited with his arm and has nothing that he brings to the table with his legs. I'm just not particularly interested in that. So that that is one thing that I would exclude yeah. from my list it's harder for me to come up with like, here are the guys that I'm interested in, yeah. you know, just because we, it's so hard to know who's available. It's hard to know. It's way too early. And I'm not sure what the staff is actually looking for. So, um, yeah, we'll see. It'd be cool if Jabari Johnson came in ready made to, to play and win, a, you know, 10 games a year, but whatever. We'll see. Um, man, that's all I got. You got anything else? Uh, I think that's it, man. Uh, I'm excited for the next time we talk. I, I would assume we'll know a little bit more about the, um, the quarterback options that are available, mm-hmm. the players that are officially entering the transfer portal. Because it feels like there's another guy or two that trickles in every single day uh, between now and the Bulls, and there will be another probably um, mass pouring into the portal right after each team's individual bowl game. The other thing to keep in mind, just for fans, if you're wondering, like, hey. How are these guys going to get to the bowl game, play in the game, enter the portal, and then find a team? A lot of them already know where they're going. Yeah. Like, maybe they haven't announced that they're in the transfer portal. There's like 1,500 kids in the portal right now. And, like, for example, last year, Jaden Jernigan had committed to Mizzou before he played in his bowl game at Oklahoma State. (laughs) I didn't know that. And he he apparently last year committed to Mizzou on Christmas Eve. Hmm. And ended up playing in Oklahoma State's bowl game and then committed to Mizzou publicly like a week later. So keep that in mind as you're seeing what's happening in the in the portal. And if you think that Mizzou is like missing out on guys, they might have guys already committed at those specific spots. We just don't know about them yet. Yeah. That's what I got. Absolutely. And that's the show for today. As always, we appreciate the downloads and the subscriptions. You can leave a comment or you can rate us. We love all types of feedback from you all. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Nate G. Edwards. He's at BK Sports Talk. And, of course, you can follow the Rock M flagship at Rock M Nation. We appreciate you tuning in this time. We'll try to do better next time. And until then, M-I-Z. Z-O-U.